Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, in which he intends, at the end of time, to raise up a people who will rule with him. Before I go any further, I want to encourage you to like our page, to subscribe to our channel, and if there is a notification bell icon, I would like you to hit that bell so you can be notified anytime we upload new videos. I want to encourage you to like this page so that we can develop the number of likes that we have so that we can come up in the rankings because we have a message that is critical for this hour and this time. So thank you so much for those of you who are already doing so. If you'd like to support our ministry, you can visit our website at templeoftruth.us. That's www.templeoftruth.us. Or you can go to patreon.com and look for our handle, Emerging Temple. All right? right. So, yeah. so that's, that is something we all understand. That is something we all understand. We all understand, okay, there was the Old Testament, there was the New Testament. But it's a bit broader than that. We said that just as the Israelites had their own um, customs or traditions or old-time values, every other people in the world had theirs, right? Right. Yes. The Native Americans had theirs. They had their culture. They had their traditions. They had their taboos. Amen? Amen. Amen. The Chinese, everybody. So the book of Hebrews is not just referring to the people of Israel. It's referring to all human beings saying, in time past, you had certain cultures, certain traditions. You understood God in your own way. He said, however, now, no matter your culture, no matter your tradition, God wants to reveal himself to you in the person of Jesus Christ. So people misunderstand and believe that, oh, other people have their own traditions. Um, the, the Israelites had their traditions. The Chinese had their traditions. The Vikings had their traditions. Now we're all being forced to join the tradition of the Israelites. That's not true. Am I making any sense? Yes. So whatever tradition you wear, if your tradition was Native American tradition, you pray to the great spirit, you dance the fire dance, or you were African, you prayed to the great God of the mountain, whatever. He's saying, yes, this is how you used to worship that God. But now, that God has come to you in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. But of course, he cannot talk about every tradition in the world. He decided to concentrate on the tradition of the Hebrews, okay? And begins to do an analysis of all of them, okay? All right. So, why don't we start by asking if anyone would like to share with us what you learned from Hebrews you know, five through 10, you, you can, I mean, you can discuss it by chapter. You can discuss it just by, you know, off your head, however you feel like. 
I don't know if you all can hear me. Yeah. I think chapter five, where he's talking about that, you know, you don't bring, you don't bring, you don't bring, um, well, it says you don't, even Aaron did not bring the priesthood on himself. That I think to me, in a way, what he said was, is that through Jesus, we are, we see and we are invited to be um to take on the message of Jesus that that once you accept Jesus and you accept Jesus as a spirit inside yourself you you become that spirit but it you don't just say oh i'm i'm saying yes i want that it comes on it comes to you and you, you, you know, um, it's not about do you, you know, am I a good guy enough to get it, or do I read enough scripture to get it? Yes. It's about opening yourself through seeing. I believe that um, that you know, I I think of it like when God says to different people, like Moses or Abraham, or when He said even to Jesus, you know. Um, this is what I want you to do. Yes. And, um, he might not ask you like Aaron to build, you know, to um, be a priest and see over the people and their, what they're doing. Um, but what he will ask you is something. And whatever that something is, he, God will ask you that thing. You're not going to ask God for that thing. And That is found in verse 5 of, of chapter 5. That's what you're talking about, yeah. right? Should we read yeah. it? Yeah. Yes. It says, okay. even Christ did not glorify himself with the office of high priest. He received it from the one who said to him, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Just as he says to us in another place, you are a priest forever. According to the order of Melchizedek, Melchizedek. Melchizedek, yes. Melchizedek, yes. Oh, that's a hard word. Yeah. That's exactly what you were saying. That yes, and I thought, yeah. I thought, um, that's I I thought about that and was thinking. Sometimes we are so busy, you know, putting our prayers of coins into the prayer machine and thinking we're going to get the prayer answer we wanted. We're not listening to hear what it is we need to do and accepting that that's what we need to do like if yeah. moses had stood if moses had stood at the red sea and just kept going but i'm praying i'm praying yes he wouldn't realize somebody has to put feet in the water and then the sea will open right or even if he even if he had made everybody else pray like lay on the ground and pray that it, nothing would have happened Correct. We need we need to look for that seed that we need to put our feet in and figure that out. I agree, and and the the, the idea is there was a priesthood, in other words, a way of doing things, but. God brought you and I 
into his new way of doing things. It wasn't by our effort. So he says, yeah. even here, even here, like what you read in verse 5, say, even though Christ knew the right way, even though Christ knew he was the son of God, he waited until God told him, okay, come and enter into the new way. Now, how much more for you and I who don't even know the new way? We need someone else. We need God himself to come and usher us into the new way. But the ushering into the new way doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. So that's what's been happening with us since we came to know Jesus. Daily, we are being ushered into the new way. Our old way is not ended yet. Do you understand? Even though the old yes. way officially is ended, it is not gone away completely. And if you look, um, okay, okay, look at chapter eight, verse thirteen. If you can, anybody can look at chapter eight, verse thirteen. Okay, Liz, can you read that, read that in your translation? When he says a new covenant, he declares the first one is obsolete, and what has become obsolete and has grown old is close to disappearing. Notice he didn't say what is grown old has disappeared. Did he say it has disappeared? No. So it is disappearing. That means you are right now living in two worlds. You are living in the old world, which is disappearing. And you're living in the new world, which is coming in. Okay? okay. So in the old world, the order of Melchizedek, the Levitical priesthood, don't eat this, don't touch that, don't drink this, don't go here, don't do that. Okay? That hasn't gone away fully from us. Because if it went away completely from us, at the, the way you and I are now, we're going to go crazy and start doing crazy things, correct? Correct. Okay, exactly. So, so that, that cutting, that, that thing that, that separation, that cutting away of the old is a temporary, it, sorry, let, let me, it's a transitory thing. In other words, you don't just go from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You move slowly from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Does that make sense? Yes. Good. So the fact that you're a Christian now doesn't mean all of a sudden you no longer think the way you used to think before you became a Christian. But the way you used to think begins to go away slowly, slowly, slowly. So the, the, the only thing God is looking for is for you as an individual to say, this aspect of my life is not good. I wish I did not have it. That's all God is looking for. But God cannot help me if this aspect of my life is not a problem to me at all. 
I love it and I'm proud of it. <laughs> right? Now, how does God yeah. deliver me from that? He can't. Because God can never supersede my will. I don't want you to save me. I don't know what you're trying to do. Save me from what? I just love this. I kill once a week. And every time I kill, I'm so happy. So please, stop trying to save me. I love, this is who I am. And what we're reading the book of Hebrews, I know I'm being a bit facetious here, but if that's what you're seeing the book of Hebrews about the transition from the old to the new. Sorry for taking so long. Go ahead, Liz. You wanted to talk a little bit more about what you saw. Um, well, that, you know, what you just said is really important to me because um, of the people that I work with, it certainly yes. opens the door. Like, I mean, you said it facetiously, I work with people who kill other people. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, I mean, so, you know, it's like, um, and, and, it's, and I, you know, I'm not saying this in, in a way to be mean, but especially a military, I mean, that's their job. And they can't live with themselves. They can't accept that God has forgiven them. And yeah. and if they can accept this thought, it, it will become easier, I think, for them. Through reading Hebrews, I think it will become easier for them yes. to say, like, like you just said, I mean, God loves you even though you are a killer. And, yes. you know, we, we, we say at the beginning of our meetings, I'm wonderful because God loves me. And God created me, and there's only one me that God created. And some of them cannot say it because they just think God doesn't love them anymore. And the teenagers that I work with know there's something they have done that they think God can't love them anymore. And um, I generally tell them, you know what, compared to the big world, your little sins are nothing. So, you know, move on. God loves you. And let's work on some other things, you know, like where do you want to be in your life? And, um, you know, if you listen, what what is God saying to you, you know, instead of what is it, you know, that you're, what, what is it that you've gotten yourself into? You know, let, let God, hold your hands out and let God get you out. But, um, you know, a lot of people are very concerned with no matter what everybody else is doing, they're wrong. And I don't think, I, I just totally think that 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 thought that you said about, you know, even though you said it as a joke, I work with people that commit crimes. And I have to tell you, most of the politicians I work with are worse than the criminals. Yes. And, and that's something that I really got out of this chapter as well is to pray for God to pray for God to guide them rather than for me to think there's any way that I can change them. Because yes. I can't change them. And, um, the key is do you believe what you are doing is sinful, is wrong? <laughs> is not pleasing to God. And do you wish you didn't have to do those things? That's all God is looking for. 
That's all he's looking for. If we don't feel bad about it, okay? If we don't feel yeah. bad about it, then God can't help us because we don't feel bad about it. You see that? Yeah. Now, you can feel bad about something, but you don't believe in Christ. Now, if you don't believe in Christ, you will just feel bad about it, but you will never be able to change. Right. The question is, when somebody says, I believe in Christ, if you ask them the next important question, what is it that you believe about Christ? Well, the answer is simple. Christ is like a tumor. A tumor does what? What does a tumor do? It grows. It grows. What is a what? Oh, a tumor. tumor. A tumor. It grows. A tumor. Yes. It grows. And you can inhibit its growth by, you know, laser or some other thing. But without inhibiting its growth, it's just going to keep growing till it becomes malignant in some way, in some form. So when you accept Jesus, he is going to begin to grow in you. Without your consciousness, you're going to begin to become more like Christ on a daily basis. That's what God wants you to understand. Once you and I understand that, the process begins. Most of the Christians do not understand that. They're still in the Old Testament. They're still trying to be good. Do you understand? Still trying to be yeah. good, still trying to do the right thing. And God himself got so frustrated, he said, oh, your good deeds are like filthy rags to me. That's in the book of Isaiah. But to this day, we're still trying to win God with our good deeds. All God wants us to do is hate our bad deeds. He's not interested in our good deeds. He just is interested in our hating our bad deeds. Oh, I hate the way I am this way. God, help me. So step one, hate your bad deeds. Step two, believe in Christ. Amen? Amen. And we said believe in Christ means expect him to grow. That's what believing in Christ means. I don't expect to be like this next week, next year. I don't know how, but I know what I am now is not who I was two years ago. I know that. So if I have any doubt, I can, you know, I can look back. So maybe I have a little edge over the guy who just became a Christian last week. But he can believe. He can believe. And the Bible says, where there was much sin, there was much more grace. So the person who, had the, who, was, who was a worse sinner than you and I, the Bible says he gets more grace from God than you and I. That's in the book of Romans. So nobody should, so God says, please don't come and tell me how bad you were. Because the worse you were, the more grace I have for you. Amen. 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 All right, uh, Sister Billy, can you tell us a little bit about what you saw? Uh, 
I think um, what caught my interest um, was a chapter eight um, from verse. From verse 8, uh, no, 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 not 8, from verse 10. Yes. So it says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts. Yes. And I will be their God and they will be they shall be my people none of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother saying know the lord for all shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them so um from from this verse you know what i understood by this is that even those who have you know not not born into Christian, not born into Christianity, um, and perhaps no one has ever, you know, given the go to some countries. They have their their different religion, and no one has ever um, preached the um, the word of God, you know, the Bible, um, to them. And he says here that he has written his laws in our hearts and that we know him already so it's interesting because every faith and religion around the world has this concept of god yes but, but you know we see them we see it in our own different ways so yes. just so this this can be this is easy to understand but also complicated because there are morality in different parts of the world that are different and so this is this is what I found interesting and thought, you know, maybe we can discuss more, you know, on on how that applies to to different parts, different people, you know, that with different faiths and and religion. Okay, very good. In fact, that that same that place where it talks about, and none of them shall need his brother to say know the lord know the lord for they all shall know me right yes yes exactly yeah that is that is where that is where you and i are today what does god mean by that didn't mm. paul teach didn't peter teach didn't james teach did anybody come to them and say hey hey what are you doing jesus yeah. says nobody will know nobody will need anybody to teach anymore mm -hmm. no what god is saying is that liz there is something about you, a quality about you that no one can teach you. You have that from Jesus Christ and I can learn that from you. Okay? Yeah. There is a quality about me that nobody can give to me that comes from Jesus Christ. He taught me that. I can share with you, okay? So somebody could come to you now and say, I can't believe you would do a thing like that and you say you're a Christian, okay? okay? But guess what? Every single one of us has something that if somebody saw would say, 
I can't believe you would do a thing like that. I thought you were a Christian. Yeah. So God is saying here that we have now got an individual relation, uh, sorry, a personal relationship with God. Remember, we, we saw a few weeks ago where it said in the Old Testament that God called the children of Israel out and he gave them the Ten Commandments, right? Right. And that on that day, yeah. 3,000 3, people died because they disobeyed Moses. And then we read somewhere in the book of Acts where it said, when the Holy Spirit came down after Jesus had gone up, 3,000 people became born again. And it said that the fire rested on each person individually. Do you recall that? It said there was a fire, tongues of fire on each person's head individually. Why? Because Jesus is going to relate with all of us as individuals. Okay? He's going to relate with all of us as individuals. So, Liz, you have your journey. Mom has her journey. Abele, you have your journey. I have my journey. But no individual particular journey that each and, us, each and every one of us has will ever contradict the Bible. By the Bible, I mean the New Testament. Okay? Okay. So, let's take, for example, let's go back to the gang members Sister Liz works with. So, let's say I meet with a gang member and he says, Man, Brother Mike, what I would love to do, man, if God can do this for me, uh, if God can just make me stop doing, um, doing drugs. Then, and I, if I say to him, well, that's a problem for you, but that's not a problem for God. In other words, that's not God's priority with you right now. God's priority with you right now is that you come to know Christ. You see, what we think to be bad, what we think to be good, sometimes don't mean anything to God because God knows that if you major on the major, the minor will take care of itself. Okay? okay. So, each and every one of us here, you have to make, like what we're doing now, we're studying the book of Hebrews 5 to 10. But notice each person is picking out something that ministered to them separately. We read, all read the same thing. Correct? Right. But yes. each and every one of us has a different thing that seems to have touched you. And you wanted to talk about that aspect of things. Okay? But they're all related. But because of what you are as an individual, your own individual flavor, you've, you've, you've picked on that aspect to want to elaborate. Go ahead, Sister Billy. I'm sorry if I cut you off. Oh, no. No, that's it. I've... Um... I mean, it was repeated again in chapter 10, somewhere in chapter 10. Um, but it was just this, um, this how writing the laws on our heart um, that really caught my interest. I think it says here, um, uh, what is that again? Oh. Yeah, so chapter 16. Um, that's verse 16. Chapter 10, verse, verse 16. Yes. Um, so, God was saying to them again, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds. I will write them. And then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where, I, now where there is remission of these, 
there is no longer an offering for sin. Amen. So, so this is what I take um, note of. And also, um, also the portion, you know, chapter, another part that caught my interest was um, the chapter nine, where we, um, we talked about um, having three, um, three parts. So the tabernacle. Um, yes, having, that's verse, from verse two or so. Yes, having three parts, the first part and the second part and the third part. I know this is relating to, um, it's not literally interpreted the way it's written here. I believe it's yes. related to where we are in our, in our relationship with God. Yes. Very good. Now, there was the outer courts which in Hebrews chapter 9, Paul doesn't mention because it wasn't, it wasn't covered by a tent. Okay? Yes. So the, tent, the name the Bible calls the tent is tabernacle. Okay? So okay. the outside of the tabernacle is called the outer court. Then the first part of the tabernacle is called the holy place. So that's why in verse 2, you read him say, there was a tabernacle made. Okay? Okay. The, he says the first, which is the, the um, holy place. Mm -hmm. Okay? Had such and such and such and such and such and such. Then inside the tabernacle, there was another room called the holy of holies. So that means altogether there were three. There was the holy of holies. There was the holy place. And there was the outer court. Only the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place are in the tabernacle. Okay? Okay. Good. Which means your, your um, growth in Christ follows those three steps. You have the outer court part, which is where you were when you became a Christian. Then you have the second stage, which is the holy place, which is where you and I are supposed to be. Now, you and I go in and out of that daily. Okay? Okay. When you are in that second place, you say, the Bible says you are in Christ. The third one, which is the holy of holies, no Christian has entered there ever. Yet. Okay? No living Christian, I mean. All right? Right. Good. The Holy of Holies is where you will become totally transformed. And anybody that sees you will think they're looking at Jesus. Mm. Okay? Okay. All right. Okay, Mom Logan, I don't know if you want to say something. I can see you there. Can you hear me? Galaxy Note 9. Okay, I don't know if she can hear me. Okay, all right. Okay, I don't. Maybe she can't. Maybe she can't hear me. But I, I know she's connected. All right. Um, let me let me share a little bit about what I would like us to take away from this. Okay. Okay. 
what I would like us to take away from this is let's go back to five. Okay. Okay. Look at verse eight. You take it verse eight and nine. Chapter verse five. Eight. Yeah, chapter five, verses eight and nine. Okay, are you there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Amen. Okay, Amen. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. It says, Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Now, here is saying that Jesus was born as a son of God. Right? Right. You and I get adopted into sonship because of Jesus Christ. Correct? Correct. But he said, even though Jesus was born as the son of God, God still made him go through tough times so that he could be the direction for you and I. That's what you read in verse 9 when he said that he might be the author of eternal salvation. It means so that Jesus could be our exemplar. Okay? Now, what this means is this. The Christian life is meant to be one of trials. Can anybody give me an example of a trial you have been through, say, in the last six months? Personal, personal trial. A trial. Mm, COVID. That's not personal. All of us have gone through that. You didn't have the COVID disease. <laughs> no, well, the lockdown, yeah. um, being unemployed. Yeah. Okay, br break that down for us. Narrow in on one thing for us, please. So, being unemployed um, during COVID lockdown. Okay, what did that do to you? Um, left me broke. Um, okay. And um, just being indoors, really, you know, I think it just does a lot of things to your, you know, your state of mind as well. Tell us about this, 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 this state of mind. Tell us about this thing. I don't know. I think um, everything is magnified, I guess. So you, you, it, it, a lot of people have reported being feeling a bit of depression. And I can say every now and then I felt that. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it's just, you know, okay, very good. Turning let's, the news all the time and seeing people dying and, and, um, okay. We're talking about what happened to you now. So let's take, let's take that one, the depression. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, have you ever asked yourself what that thing was that they put around the head of Jesus on the cross? 
uh, this is to carry that's the sharp the sharp um thorns thorns yes the thorns yes um why what? why do you think that was put on his head you think it was just to make fun of him because they said he was a king mm. his head was symbolic mm. of the of your mind that's why the Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, courage, and what? A sound mind. Do you remember when Abraham was about to offer his son Isaac? Just before he was about to kill Isaac, the Bible says that Abraham was stopped by the angel and shown a goat, sorry, a ram whose head was caught in thorns. Do you remember that? Hmm. Liz, yeah. I'm sure you read that when you did your Bible study with Kay. Yeah. Have you ever asked yourself what the connection is between that ram in the Old Testament that Abraham saw and Jesus? It tells you specifically that that ram had its head caught in the thorns. Now, why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because Billy mentioned depression. Now, because I know Christ, if I find depression come upon me, it won't stay with me for more than 10 minutes because I know Christ. And I know that those thorns were put on his head. By the way, uh, Bible scholars say that those thorns had poison. Because I don't know how they know, but that's what they say. Okay? And that man, the blood was dripping out of his forehead. Okay? He was suffering. He was going through torment just so you could laugh at depression. you now begin to understand why we study the word of God. Because I know without a shadow of a doubt that I have a sound mind. Why? The Bible says, for Jesus has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, of courage, and of a sound mind. When you don't have a job and you can't pay your bills, you go from worst to worst because of fear. It's all where? In the mind. So every one of us has different kinds of trials. And you want to know <laughs> what upsets God the most? When we become angry because we failed, okay? He's like, who, who, who does this guy think he is? Okay? You know, it's, it's like a baby. You're trying to teach a baby how to walk and the baby is like, you know, six months old or whatever and stumbles and now gets angry and will not get up because he's embarrassed that he fell. That's, that's exactly what we're like when we refuse to try again and we just sit around and begin to, oh me, oh my. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Yes. yes. 
you have to understand you're growing, but you're only going to grow based on the amount of knowledge of God that you have. Not the amount of knowledge of Bible that you have, the amount of knowledge of God that you have. It's two different things. Amen. Okay. And what we're doing when we come together like this and we study God's word and we discuss it and we bring perspectives, it begins to cause us to begin to know something more about God and a little more about ourselves. Amen. Amen. And that is spiritual growth. You begin to grow more, you begin to grow more in the things of God. Okay. So that was one thing in chapter five. Another thing was in chapter six. Okay. If we read, chapter 6. Anybody can read that for me if you don't mind. Not the whole chapter. I mean um, from verse 1 to 3. Anybody can read that. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 to 3. Amen. 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 Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Amen. So he says he wants to put away what? The elementary things. Hmm. How many elementary things did he mention there? Um, three. <laughs> Read it. Look at them. Let's, oh, let's start. Sorry. The first one is... Okay, no, sorry. Is... About six or so. Um, exactly. So what's the first one? Repentance um, from dead works. From dead works. What is dead works? Liz, what is dead works? Things in the past happening in the past. No. It means no. good deeds. Oh, I see. Okay. That's why we say we are saved not by works, but by grace. You get that? Yeah. Right. Okay. Good deeds. Good deeds that are not done in Christ are worthless in God. So it wants us to repent of that because a lot of people remember the, Jesus talked about the two men who went to pray one guy said god mm -hmm. he saw the other bad guy said god thank you i'm not like this guy here i pay mm -hmm. my tithes i do this i do that yeah. remember good yeah. so here is the step one god wants you to change your mind about that way of looking at things stop looking at yourself like a goody two shoes compared to your neighbor okay Okay. So the second one was now faith towards God, right? Yes. Now, we all believe in God, right? Is that a bad thing? No. 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 So he said, he said, guess what? That is good, but that's not the end of it. So what's the third one? Instruction about baptism and laying on of hands. Doctrine is it? No, 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 no. Doctrine of baptisms, comma. You don't have a comma in yours? No. Okay, sorry. 
doctrine of baptism. Did he say baptism or baptisms, plural? Plural. Yeah. How many people here have had more than one baptism? Me, I had more than <laughs> my okay. dad belonged to my dad belonged to one church, my mom belonged to another church. <laughs> okay, all right. We won't go into the we won't go into the study of this too too detail, but there's actually three baptisms for a Christian. The first is baptism by water. Okay? We won't go into that now, but just hold that in mind. Okay, the fourth one was laying on of hands okay laying on of hands we know what that means people lay hands on you when you're sick people lay hands on you to you know to give you some power people lay hands on you to recognize that you're a minister etc etc okay mm -hmm. the fifth one is resurrection of the dead we believe that the dead are going to be resurrected isn't that so yes and finally we believe that there will be eternal judgment for the world and yes. all who have ever lived. Yes. But if you look at verse 1, he says, we should leave these things and move on to perfection. Liz, I believe you proofread my book, correct? Yes. So, my question to you is this. What was the number seven for? I gave the meaning of numbers. Seven stood for what? Um, completion. That was three. Oh, perfection. Perfection. So notice here, he reads six things to you and he wants you to go to the seventh thing, which he calls what? Perfection. perfection. And by the way, by the way, this is not the only place in scripture where we see the, the number seven as a symbol of perfection. Okay? We're not going to go into that now, but there are many, you know, there are many examples. All right? So mm. the Bible is written in letters and in numbers. It's always important to remember that. Okay? Okay. All right. Mm. Now, in verse four, it says, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. Verse 6. If they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. Can anybody tell me from the context of what we're reading in the book of Hebrews what this means? So, so we'll, we'll, you, we'll wrap up in about we'll wrap up in about ten minutes. Once you um, move towards perfection, that you in your in your um, acceptance and sharing of the Holy Spirit, that it's impossible for you to commit those sins because they're no longer a part of you. No, read it, read it for yourself and see what, just feel free, read it for yourself again. Read verse 6, verse 5 and 6. Oh, sorry, verse 4, verse 4 to 6. Read it to yourself, read it aloud. Oh, for when men have once been enlightened and tasted the heavenly gift and become shares in the Holy Spirit, 
when they have tasted the good word of God and the power of the age to come and then have fallen away, it's impossible to make them repent again since they are crucifying the Son of God themselves and holding him to contempt. Thank you. So within the context of what we've been reading, in other words, what we're learning, well, the context of what we're studying from chapter one was that God is moving us from the old to the new, correct? Correct. So what would these people have done to make them unforgivable? According to what you've read here, what is it they could have done to make them unforgivable? Say they don't believe? No, but it, no, it says it's... No, it says it's... It says... In verse it, says nine, fallen, it says have fallen away. Exactly. But doesn't that mean that inside themselves they, they no longer believe? Or they're not... Very good. Very good. Remember it says... For if they fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify the Son of God afresh. So they have gone back to religion that God delivered them from. Do you get it? Yes. Okay. Hey, mom, you're, you're, you're live. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. The falling away here is not that they started going back to the clubs or drinking or partying. That's not what he's talking about. Remember what we saw. Let's go back again to, sorry, not back. Let's go forward. Chapter 8, verse 13. Do you remember chapter 8, verse 13? Yes. Yes. Okay. Anybody can read that. In that he says, a new covenant he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Very good. And we said the old hasn't gone yet. It's going away. But these people that Paul is talking about in Hebrews, he said they fell away. How? They went back to the traditions of the fathers. Do you get it? Yes. Look at chapter chapter 7, verse 12. Amen. Amen. When there is a change of priesthood, there is necessarily a change of law. There you go. So in context, we shouldn't forget what we're studying in the book of Hebrews. You know, people think the Bible is difficult because they fail to understand that each book has a central message. There's a reason the person who wrote that book wrote the book. If you remember why that person wrote that book, every, every verse that seems opaque will be made understandable. This book was written because Paul wanted us to understand that the old traditions of our fathers 
whether it was the Hebrew Israelite tradition, whether it was the Native American tradition, whether it was the African tradition, whether it was the Chinese tradition, he said that God says, come out from that now and come in the new way, which is what? Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. What you find today is Christians are coming from the world. They come to the church because they believe Christ is here. Then we take them and put them in the Hebrew Israel tradition. Mm. Mm-hmm. As though that is somehow spiritual. It's all part of the old. We have been called to follow Christ. And remember, what did Christ say? Who did he say will teach you? Did he say, I will teach you? He said, yes. no. He said, no. He said, he will teach you. So I meant, I meant, did he say Mike will teach you? No. Good. He said, he will teach you. That yes. means there's some things that are okay for a belly that are not okay for me. I cannot impose my values on you unless you are engaged in a practice that is directly contrary to what is in black and white in the Bible. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, amen. Take, take for example, let's take for example, I spend a lot of time watching TV. Okay? To you, you know, that's a vice. To me, I love watching TV. Can you quote any scripture that says I shouldn't watch TV? No. Right? But the fact is, I am damaging myself by spending so much time, you know, watching TV. Isn't that so? Yes. But you cannot do anything about it except pray for me and tell me, you know, the Lord probably doesn't like you spending all that time there on TV. Are you with me? Yes. yes. Only, only the Lord has a right to rebuke me on the TV. If you rebuke me on the TV, the Lord will be angry with you. Because you have taken the place of the Lord. Now, what if I work at a gas station? Okay. And every day I turn in the money to my boss, but instead of turning in a hundred bucks, I will always turn in $95. And you find out about it. Are you going to say, well, you're waiting for the Lord to come and rebuke me about that? No. No. God expects you to rebuke me directly face to face because I am contradicting what is clearly, distinctly stated in the scriptures as a moral law. Does everybody remember the difference between the moral law and the ceremonial law? Yeah. We talked about yeah. it a few weeks ago, right? Yes. We said yeah. the moral laws have no beginning. Honor your father and mother. That didn't start with Moses. It existed before Moses was born. Thou shalt not kill. That didn't begin with Moses. It exists. In fact, Moses was <laughs> ran away from home because he was accused of murder, right? Right. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Um, Pharaoh got in trouble with God because he almost took Abraham's wife or Isaac. I can't remember who it was. Okay. This was before the Ten Commandments. 
So the moral laws are eternal. They never end. Okay? Okay. The ceremonial laws are te temporary. For example, God said we shouldn't eat pork in the Old Testament. Isn't that so? Yes. Yeah. There are people today who don't eat pork. And if you say why, they say it's in the Bible. How do you now minister to such people? The only way to do that is to remember that the Bible in the Old Testament is made up of moral and ceremonial laws. The moral laws are eternal laws. Amen. 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 Those are the laws Jesus said he did not come to abolish. But don't eat pork. Don't eat eels. Don't you know, make sure you worship on Saturday or Saturday. All those things are not eternal. They are ceremonial. Okay? So tomorrow laws will be different um, in different look, um, cultures. The, the, yes, they can be, but it's rare to find a society in which they say murder is good. <laughs> okay. Do you know any society in the world where they permit you killing an innocent person well, and celebrate that? Yeah, or not killing. Um, no, no, no. They don't consider that person to be innocent. She yeah, went and married. She went and married without her father's permission. She married a Christian. She's a Muslim. So they'll kill her. They believe they're doing service to God. Mm -hmm. You and I know that's murder. But do they believe they're committing murder? No, they don't. That's what I'm so that's that's what I'm saying. So moral uh, laws can be different. Also, yes, people that give their wives, people that give use their wives. Um, but wait, wait before you go to that. Sorry, before you yeah. go to that. Mm. In that society, they yeah. do believe there is something called murder. That's the main thing. Yes. We don't. We go to war as Americans or British and whatever, and kill people. Mm -hmm. No yeah. soldiers kill. We kill, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay. But we can justify why we kill those people in our eyes. Mm. All right? Yeah. In our eyes. So I'm not trying to, you know, measure societies. I'm trying to say when God says thou shalt not kill, there is no society you go to in the world that says... Killing innocent people is good. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, but, I think like coveting people's covetousness can be um, viewed in different societies differently. Well, of course. Everything can be viewed in different societies differently. But in each society, some people believe that to, to covet this is good, to covet that is not good. The most important thing is covetousness, not the thing you covet, but the covetousness yeah. is something that is there. Now, I don't want to get sidetracked, but the book of Hebrews is trying to tell us that the divine laws, the moral laws that yeah. God wants you and I to observe he himself is going to make you and I become like what he wants us to be. Do you get it? Yes. Yeah. So let's, so let's say, I, I'm, I'm, I, like I, the example of the gas station, okay? 
Yeah. Yes, you, you have the right to come to me and rebuke me and say, Brother Mike, that's wrong. Take the one of, let's say, I love watching TV. You cannot rebuke me. You'll be out of order because you'll be what? Imposing your personal values, your personal dealings on me, which means you don't respect and honor God who works that in you and you're not giving him time to work that in me. You see that? Yes. So we begin to see what, remember I always say, Watch the Chinese karate movies, Shaolin movies. I love that. You know why? Because being a Christian is a bit like that. You have to know how to fight. It's not everything that you strike out at. Some things you've got to move away from. As you grow. Do you understand? Yeah. As you grow, we will make mistakes. And the beauty I love about God do you know every time I've made a mistake, I've always looked back and been happy I made that mistake. It's, it's, it's a strange thing. <laughs> Almost every mistake I've made as a Christian, when I look back, I'm kind of even happy that I made that mistake because it has turned me in a direction I never knew I would go. It has opened doors for me I never knew would open. Isn't that, isn't that unexplainable? Now, at the moment you've made the mistake, you don't feel that way. <laughs> but later on, you find out that all things work together for good to them that love God and are the called according to his purpose. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I don't know. Mom Logan, do you want to say something? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. No, I don't want to say anything. Okay, good, good. All right. Sister Liz, Abele, do you have anything else you'd like say um, no I think we've covered uh, all the points I noted while going through okay yeah. okay Liz go ahead uh, just uh, something that it, I thought of when you were saying about you know knowing the difference between telling people don't watch TV and you know like I see you stealing from that station and you need to not do that um, yeah. I have I have noticed lately that um, several of my friends have gotten very bitter about being old or, or being ill yes. and, um, and I mean I accept it to myself I just say you know what God take, take this away I don't want to deal with it um, but you know I I know they're lonely. I know they're locked in their homes. I know they're injured or something. But at the same time, um, they call and I just feel uh, so like um, I don't. I really can't handle talking to this person. <laughs> yeah. They're, you know, their their self pity is so deep it starts coming on to you. You know, I mean, I feel it coming on to me, or I feel like you're saying, you know, don't you have anything to be grateful for? I feel like that's a little right. rude, you know, like, you know, and, and I, uh, I just, you know, like one of them, she, I, we've been friends since we were 11 years old, so 60 years we've been friends, and I just, she used to be a real happy person and whatever, but, and she always helpful to other people, but, um, 
I started texting and I just said, oh, I love texting because, you know, you can continue the conversation when you have time because she will call up and talk for two hours and it's, it's almost all negative, you know. I went to the store and saw this person that was blah and I went and I saw this person blah and I can't handle this. And, you know, I had just come home from the store and thought, you know, one of the nicest things I've realized is the kids being home with their parents, the kids are so much more well-behaved now when you go to the store. And I was thinking, yeah. well, that's, you know, and so I, I don't know what to say to them. And, and I thought um, when people are, we, we you know, I mean, we, we grew up, she went, she went to Catholic school and she went to Catholic church, but um, just all those years, she, you know, I thought she knew Jesus. And I feel like saying, you know, you know do you know Jesus? And an interesting thing is she moved into a new condo and she went out in her backyard and looked over the fence and right across the street, there's a big, big fence across the street and it said, trust God. <laughs> I mean seriously somebody wrote on their fence trust God and so now I I, sometimes I've said in the last couple days what is it your fence says (laughs) I gotta run but I feel bad I know she's really I know she's really in a bad way, but it's like you can't tell her anything because she says, oh, I know that. I know that. Well, if you know it, you're not practicing it. The first thing you have to remember, Liz, is this. The sinner's prayer is not optional. What, What I mean by that is when people call you and they're on and on, they can't, they can't, you can't actually, you just can't get them to cool down. The first thing is you have to ask yourself is, when did this person, what day, what minute, what hour did this person stop and say to Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe in my heart that you die for me. Come into my life and make me a new person. People think that phrase, that that thing is optional. It is not optional. If you don't ever make that statement, there never was a time in creation that you tagged him God and told him to take over. Now, assuming they already have, but still are going through this process, it's because they have not yet been renewed in their mind. The Bible says, after you receive Jesus, the next thing is you need to be renewed in your mind. Okay? So it says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do you renew your mind? The Bible gives us the answer. It says, as you behold the word of God, you are being transformed into his own image from one glory to another. So when people call and begin to talk, you need to already have scriptures by your bedside or whatever that you can say to them, turn to this. Like mm. we, today we talked about having a spirit of love, courage, and of a sound mind. Well, you need to go find out where's that in the Bible and write it next to your bed. 
so that when people call you and they're going through something, you say, they read that. I know a man, this is the last thing I'll say. I know a man, this was like 30 years ago. I was just, you know, I was going around preaching and I stopped at his home to speak to him. And I was reading the Bible and I got to a place in the book of Matthew that says, the kingdom of heaven allows violence and only the violent shall take it by force. And the man said, that's in the Bible? I said, yes, sir. So let me see. <laughs> I showed him. Guess what he was? An ex-army commando. Mm. I want you to see how God works. I, I couldn't get my Bible out of his hands anymore. He kept reading and reading and reading. <laughs> About six months later, he was dead and went to heaven. How do I know? Because while he was in the hospital bed, my mother went to visit him. And when he saw my mother coming down the hall, hall the, the whatever, he started screaming, the mother of St. Paul, the mother of St. Paul. And my mom says, <laughs> Patrick, who is St. Paul? She thought he was delirious or something. He mm. says, oh, St. Paul lives in your house and you don't even know it? I'm a Christian now because of your son. I have no fear where I'm going. This was only six months after. When I saw him six months earlier, he wasn't ill. I want you to understand that when people come to your God takes you to people, don't waste time about doing the sinner's prayer with them. A lot of problems that we have is because we're not available for God to use us to bring people to Christ. Ask yourself, when was the last time you asked somebody to pray with you and accept Jesus into their life? These things matter. So, so I want to encourage us. Do you understand? When people call you like that, you know, and they're like, they're depressed, they're this, don't turn them away. Okay? Don't turn them away. Just make sure you have the scripture for them. The scripture will work on them. Amen. Amen. Go back to Amen. our old tapes, get your pen and paper, write down scriptures that you think you will need for your own unique ministry. I never knew that that man was going to die in six months. I didn't even know that just one line in the Bible that didn't mean anything to me meant so much to him. Okay? He was a man that was used to command and control. And when Jesus began to speak military language, he could pick it up. He could decipher it. I didn't decipher it. I didn't have military mm. training. <laughs> it said, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven permitted violence and only the violence shall take it by force. Now you and I know Jesus mm. is not a violent man. So I never understood what he meant. That guy did. Okay. Okay. You know how many times just use military terms in the Bible? I've seen at least four. Another day I'll show them to you. I never knew what they were till somebody else showed them to me. Praise God. Oh. Yeah. Amen. All right, all right. So I solicit your prayers. I solicit your support. Okay, I want to thank you for your time. For those of you who have been faithful, you know, supporting this work, for being involved, sharing these videos. Okay, don't be, don't, don't, don't get weary, don't be weary, don't get tired. Your strength is supposed to come brighter and brighter every day. Okay, keep pressing on. Share these videos with your family and friends. Start watch parties on Facebook. Go with these videos so your friends and family can discuss it. 
okay? I will continue to write us. Write me through Facebook. Write me through you know, the comment section here on YouTube, okay? So I want to encourage you. Thank you so much for the way you've been supporting us. Thank you so much for all that you've been doing. We really appreciate it. Remember what I said, if you want to continue listening to us, you can always go, okay, to our website. You can see the online menu channels that you can get us through. Like I mentioned um, Apple's iTunes, I met Apple iTunes, I mentioned um, Spotify, and I think Google. You can also, you know, there are other platforms also through which you can hear us through audio, okay? I want to encourage you to subscribe to our channel and to, you know, Hit the like buttons. Hit the like buttons. I can't say that enough. Every time you want to videos through YouTube, hit the like buttons. Now, if you're watching through Facebook or you're watching through some other video like WhatsApp, it's not going to show here, so I'm not able to see a like. But if you're watching through YouTube, I want to encourage you. Or Facebook, wherever it is, I want to encourage you. Hit that like button. Okay? Hit that like button. It matters to us. Okay? Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for everything that you've been doing, you know, by watching our videos.